0: Please pray with me. God of grace, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. A group of us gathered in April and did some brainstorming about topics and themes we might like to explore in worship in this season of Ordinary Time This season that runs from Pentecost Sunday through the summer and into the fall. Some folks were interested in having us tackle some of the challenging questions of our faith together. So we'll spend a bit of time this summer looking at hard questions. People have a lot of questions about prayer Does it work? How does it work? How should I pray? And I should probably come clean right from the start here and let you know that I might not exactly answer those questions. I may not exactly give you the answer to the question, does prayer work? But we'll spend some time exploring it. I wonder why Jesus' disciples asked him to teach them to pray. Was it simply that they looked around and saw that other teachers with other disciples were teaching how to pray, as they mentioned, having seen John teach his disciples? Or maybe it was just that the disciples saw Jesus pray. Maybe it was something they saw in Jesus himself that moved them to ask about prayer. After all, our scripture opens with the first words saying that Jesus was praying. Over and over, the Gospels tell us about times when Jesus would pray. Sometimes he would go off and be alone... Sometimes he would pray in the act of healing someone or something else he was doing. Sometimes he would pray in the middle of everything going on, in the middle of a crowd or an event. I imagine that the disciples saw something in Jesus that they themselves lacked. I imagine that Jesus' prayer life was something different from what the disciples were able to manage on their own. Of course, That could be projection on my part, because really I think Jesus has something that I don't have, that Jesus understood something about prayer that I can't really grasp. So I'm right there with the disciples. I want to ask Jesus, teach me, help me learn about prayer, explain it to me, show me how it works, tell me what you know. After I went to seminary, I got more interested in prayer and in people's practices of prayer or experience of prayer. So I asked my grandmother McShane about it once. I said, Grandma, do you pray? She said, Yes, I do, honey, every day, and I always pray for you. I knew it was true, too. And I can't quite explain why, but something about knowing that made the world feel maybe just a little safer or just a little bit more loving. That sense of knowing that my grandmother prayed for me every single day. I always imagine that my grandmother's prayer life was something like a scene out of that old familiar hymn, In the Garden. I know a lot of you know it, so just sing it with me. And he walks with me, and he talks with me, And he tells me I am his own And the joy we share as we tarry there None other has ever known My grandmother loved that hymn. I can picture her as if she were walking through the garden and talking with Jesus. My own prayer life has not always been quite so melodious. My prayer life has included shouting at God and tossing out prayers like spaghetti noodles against walls where sometimes they would stick and sometimes they'd slide to the floor. Of course, I put the walls there myself, but knowing that didn't necessarily help. I think today's scripture reading is for people like my grandmother. Jesus tells the story of a man who knocks on his neighbor's door at midnight to ask for bread. And Jesus tells us that because of that man's persistence, he will get what he's come for. And Jesus goes on to say, ask and it will be given you, search and you will find, knock and the door will be opened for you. Perhaps my grandmother's persistence and confidence could be an illustration of this very scripture. But for most of us, The scripture raises as many questions as it answers. We all know prayers that have seemed to go unanswered, prayers that seemed to fall on deaf ears. We pray for the ones we love, and in spite of our prayers, kids get involved with gangs or drugs, sisters and brothers die of cancer, pregnancies end in miscarriage, marriages end in bitterness. We pray for peace, and wars continue to claim lives across the world. How are we to make sense of this prayer thing? One commentary I read while studying this scripture pointed out that the passage just says, ask and it shall be given to you. It doesn't say what will be given to you, just that if you ask, you'll receive, receive something. But I think that's a cheap trick. I mean, that interpretation has a certain appeal. It allows us to say that God is listening and responding. It allows that God's responses are not necessarily what we expect, not necessarily what we think the response should be. And I do believe that sometimes what we ask for in prayer is not necessarily consistent with God's ways or God's hope for us, and that the shape of God's answers may be different from the way we form our prayers. But really, I think the attempt to resolve the question of whether God answers prayer, to attempt to look at this passage that says, ask and you will receive, as if we always receive something, but not necessarily what we ask for, I think that's a cheap trick. It's like putting some kind of fine print into the prayer contract. We can be so vulnerable when we open ourselves up in prayer, so full of longing full of hope and fear of disappointment. In the face of our hope that we really will get what we ask for and find what we seek, I just can't believe that the best Jesus can do for us is to provide a loophole for God. But somehow, this is part of Jesus' lesson on prayer for his disciples. And Jesus seems to say that this asking business has something to do with persistence. One of my all-time favorite stories about prayer comes from Alice Walker's novel, The Color Purple. One of the main characters is Celie, and it is her struggle with prayer that we hear in this part of the book. I can relate to how Celie wrestles with prayer. At this point in the novel, Celie is angry with God. She's talking to Shug. Shug asks Celie what God looks like to Celie when Celie prays. So Celie tells her, "'Okay,' Celie says." He big, and old, and tall, and gray-bearded, and white. He wear white robes and go barefooted. Blue eyes, Suge asks. Sort of bluish-gray. Cool. Big, though, white lashes. Suge challenges Seeley's image of God. They keep talking, and Seeley thinks, Well, us talk and talk about God, but I'm still adrift trying to chase that old white man out of my head. I've been so busy thinking about him, I never truly notice nothing God make. So Shug tells her, whenever you're trying to pray and man plop himself down on the other end of it, tell him to get lost. Conjure up flowers, wind, water, a big rock. Sealy struggles. This hard work, let me tell you, He's been there so long he don't want to budge. He threatens lightning, floods, and earthquakes. Us fight. I hardly pray at all. Every time I conjure up a rock, I throw it. Every time I conjure up a rock, I throw it. I can imagine what that prayer feels like. I've been angry enough to pray prayers that felt like throwing a rock. My prayer life has included a range of seasons, of ways of praying, of experiences of prayer. My prayer life has included struggles to pray. And I look to Jesus for guidance in prayer. Jesus, who prayed so often himself. Jesus, who spoke so familiarly to God. Jesus, who saw the kingdom of God clearly and tried to convey that vision to us too. So we look to Jesus, and Jesus gives us what we now call the Lord's Prayer. It's Matthew's Gospel that gives us the full version we pray together in worship on Sundays. Today in our scripture, we have Luke's version, which is much simpler, it's pared down to the very basics. And some scholars suggest that Jesus is not trying to give us specific words to use when we pray, that Jesus isn't giving us a prayer to memorize, but maybe Jesus was trying to teach us about prayer, about what our prayers are really about or might be about. Maybe Jesus wasn't saying, pray this way, pray some new, different way. Maybe it was Jesus was helping us understand those things that are in the heart of our own prayers, The very prayers we are already holding in our hearts. Maybe Jesus is saying, there are really just a few things at stake here. And so here's my interpretation of what these few things at stake in our prayers might be. First, we hear that God is someone we know personally. Jesus' image for this was father or dad whether father or friend or mother or brother, whatever image works for you, the point is that we are addressing someone we can have a relationship with. We call God by name, by some name, that reflects a relationship. And we say, hey, let's talk. We say, God, you are holy As we reach out to you, as we pray to you, we reach out to touch that which is holy. We say, we wish and hope and pray for things in our world to go according to your love and justice, your will, to be different than the way things are now. We ask God, take care of our needs. We trust you for this. How badly we want your forgiveness, we say, and we imagine that a forgiving heart is open to receiving God's forgiveness. And we struggle with temptation, help us God, not to give in. It doesn't matter if your prayers slam into walls and stick, or if like Seely. Your prayers seem to aim themselves at someone a whole lot smaller than God, who seems to insist on sitting down at the other end of your prayers. It doesn't matter whether your prayers are like throwing rocks, or are like a melody, or are like a joyful walk in a garden. What does matter is that persistence. What matters is that you keep praying Be as persistent as the man in the scripture who needed bread at midnight. Turn to God with your needs, your thoughts, your hopes and fears. Because God is there. And one thing you will receive is your own relationship with God. This God who loves you. If you pray like today's scripture image of knocking on a door, the door that opens is that open pathway between you and God. And what you find, whether or not it is quite what you are seeking, is simply God's presence with you. Does prayer work? What I know prayer works for, what I know prayer accomplishes, is forging our connection to that which is sacred. So today's scripture is not only for people like my grandmother, people who pray like she did. Today's scripture is for all of us. What my grandmother got for her prayers is what we all get. She got God. We get God. Prayer worked for my grandmother the way prayer works for you or for me or for anyone. It works to connect us to God, the God who is as close to us as our own breath. God's own presence is an answer to every prayer an answer that surpasses anything specific we might ask for. Ask, Jesus says, and it shall be given to you. Amen.